Hello, and welcome to Right Care Baptist. Today, Henry and I will be talking to Vicki Brown about clinical documentation improvement. Vicki, welcome to the program. Hey, Jay, how are you? I'm doing fine. Can you tell the medical staff just a little bit about yourself, your background, and, and what you do? Sure. My name is Vicki Brown, and I'm the system director of CDI here at Baptist Corporation. Um, we, I've been with Baptist for 22 years. Ten of those years were with ICU. I uh, worked in cath lab for a year, and then uh, I started the program with Kathy Rose, who was the uh, uh, CDI uh, program director at the time in 2008, and have been with uh, CDI ever since. So, Vicki, hey, Vicki, it's Henry, and, and listen, Jake, and I really appreciate you taking time out to come and, and talk about uh, CDI. What does CDI mean, Vicki? What does that mean? Well, CDI program is a comprehensive multidisciplinary hospital-wide effort um, to incorporate the terminology that's needed to ac accurately uh, translate a patient's condition into precise ICD-10 codes. Um, and it's important because these alphanumeric codes are those that are submitted in claims um, and the status and analyzed to generate uh, miles of data that include uh, quality uh, and clinical outcome measures, um, and also affects hospital reimbursements as well. But uh, our biggest focus is ensuring that we get good clinical outcomes for our patients. All right, so you've answered the question, I think, a little bit. Is it beneficial to the hospital? I have a follow-up question, too. Um, it's not only uh, beneficial to the hospital, but there are benefits for the provider as well. The provider, um, it helps with profiling uh, of the quality and efficiency of the healthcare provider, uh, justifies the physician payments. It provides data for the development of the patient care pathways and also captures any kind of disease processes that are going on, such as COVID now. So uh, it helps with that capturing of the uh, epidemiological data uh, regarding these disease processes. Well, you, so, you've, you've answered to a large way that what I what I I'd hope to hear, I, you know, we hear so much that CDI is for the hospital only. Uh, and, and I think you shared that it's equally, if not more so important for the physician to be able to capture the complexity of the care that's required to take care of, of someone who who is uh, who's very ill. Is that is that am I understanding that correctly? Absolutely. Because the old adage is, you know, if it's not documented, then it's not been done. That's the old nursing uh, saying that we used to have. And so, um, I think the do doctors sometimes they um, are caught up in the documentation of more signs and symptoms. You know, such as saying low potassium, which they should be saying, you know, uh, you know, hypo or hyperkalemia, you know, and the specificity now more more than ever for more uh, diagnoses are there. So it's important for all the physicians to get that specificity acuity, such as CHF. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of CHF, so we need to make sure that the physicians know that it does matter in the uh, severity of illness and risk mortality. That you know, we need to know: Hey, does this patient have acute on chronic? Uh, systolic heart failure, or do they have, you know, um, acute pulmonary edema? So those are very important um, things that we can capture for the coders to be able to abstract those things out in the chart for data purposes. And, and that all, you know, makes great sense. And and so, you know, for a long period of time, hospitals have been, you know, graded on their their quality measures, their quality data. Um, you know, and, and CMS has had that hospital compare website out there for a while. And I, I don't know if a lot of physicians are aware that they recently added the the physician compare component to that. I think that went live just in the last several months. And then a lot of other 
specialties have been doing this for a while with your case mix index, depending on your specialty, but it seems like it's, it's only growing and it's only moving across all doctors. And so um, how exactly does the CDI program, and you mentioned this a little bit already, but, but the CDI program and, and what y'all are doing, it seems like it's really going to be more beneficial to the uh, provider community in, in the coming uh, months and years, it seems like to me. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, so when the physicians document um, these special, you know, these specifications of these diagnoses, uh, and it's not just just the specificity and the acuity, it's sometimes actually putting the actual diagnoses on the chart. Uh, sometimes they, uh, we hear a lot that the doctors say, well, I documented that. Well, as a clinician, as a nurse, I understand that you said the signs and symptoms and you kind of went around, but sometimes they forget that the diagnoses are important, that they have to be documented uh, in the chart. And so, but by doing this, what happens is they're also increasing their SOI and their ROM as an individual physician. So when they go to hospital compare, um, they say, uh, you know, the same doctor or, uh, you know, same type of doctor at one hospital and you're at the other hospital. Well, you're documenting all these, you know, specificities and acuities and it makes, you know, your patient look sick. And then you're getting that patient out and say, uh, two days, you know, shorter than a time frame that the other, you know, hospital B is sending their patients out and they're not documenting near as much as what we're documenting. So we're taking care of the sicker patient. Plus we're doing a good job because we're there. We're discharging those patients home a whole lot faster than that hospital B is doing. So it does make a big difference with the physicians as well as just not, you know, not just the hospital, but the physicians as well. So Vicki, to, to go back to a couple of acronyms, uh, SOI, severity of illness, and ROM, is that risk of mortality? I was going range of motion. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. risk of mortality. And all these are, these, these things affect our expected, our O to E, which is observed to expected uh, ratio. So, it just goes to show the more that we show the severity of illness of these patients, because I tell this a lot to the physicians as a reminder is, you know, when you're coming to the hospital, you don't just bring your COPD exacerbation. You know, in a suitcase, they they're bringing in their morbid obesity. They're bringing their um, uh, chronic respiratory failure. They're bringing their history of uh, MAC. You know, um, they're bringing their CHF that may or may not be exacerbated. So all of these things, the doctor has to take in consideration because if the patient say broke their hip and they have to go to surgery, then you know you're getting that cardiac consult for what reason? Because they have a history of CHF. So obviously, it's affecting. The patient's care and the patient's stay and the in the clinical and the clinicians, you know, outlook on how they're going to be treating this patient. So it's very important to document all of these things um, because they are part of the patient and that's part of the patient's care. Vicki, let me ask you another question then. So so Mr. Jones was just in the hospital three months ago with CHF and and the usual comorbid conditions that he has, but now he's come back in to have a knee replacement. And all the records got CHF and COPD and all of that in there from three months ago. And all I want to do is a knee replacement. So, so must I put all that stuff in the medical record? This this current admission again? It was in there three months ago. Do I need to repeat it? Yes, uh, that's a good question because a lot of times, you know, uh, the doctors don't understand that the coding is based off of it's encounter based. So they the coders do not go back. To prior admissions to pull, you know, diagnoses that they may have had a week ago, five months ago, 10 years ago. 
Um, so what they are coding from is strictly from that encounter. So yes, it is important for them to bring that into the H&P at least one time. Um, you know, and when the patient, you know, you say, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not, a lot of times we'll hear the physicians or the surgeons say, well, I'm not treating that. I'm the surgeon. Well, you know, you're continuing home medications. Um, you know, you're obviously going to be, you know, continuing their core egg, their, you know, uh, platex and things of that after surgery and so forth. So, yeah, it is a clinical consideration in your uh, decision making process. So, yes, those need to be documented every time, at least one time. To go time. along with that point, I, I was reading some. Um, I, I just found as we were preparing for this interview, some some great articles on on the coding corner from ACP Hospitalist, and mm -hmm. one of them it talked about you know those past medical problems that you're including in the current encounter, even though you might not be treating them. And one of them was obesity, and it talked about why it really mattered that you documented the obesity because even if you're not treating that obesity. The nursing staff that are dealing with the patient are going, you know, that's that, that's causing them to adjust their workflow. They're going to have to, you know, have maybe one or two nurses in order to turn the patient or move the patient. So it really does add cost and add, um, you know, a difficulty and changes that patient's course of illness. And so that that to me, just that the why of why you had to to do that sort of things was really eye opening. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, exactly. They, you know, it's the little things sometimes that doctors don't think about. And, you know, um, you're talking about the UHDDS guidelines and basically um, those UHDD guidelines are guidelines that the coders use uh, for secondary diagnoses. What what is being treated? What is, you know, just because the doctor documents a diagnosis doesn't mean like, you know, that it's current and it needs to be coded as such. You know, for example, I've had Hodgkin's lymphoma back, you know, years ago, you know, 20 years ago. Well, there's nothing being done. I'm in remission. I don't have any, you know, I'm not taking any medication for it. So those types of things, you know, would not be necessarily coded. But, you know, if the patient has morbid obesity, they have to think of it like pharmacy has to has to have certain criteria for them to have uh, maybe more dosing. Love and auction is is. is you know, weight-based. Uh, there's lots of different medic medications that are weight-based. Uh, surgical tables that go into MRIs, you know, things like that are important. Um, and just on the opposite side, you know, if the patient's underweight, you know, that's the same thing, you know, they may need more, you know, uh, they may be malnourished. And so we need uh, to get di a dietitian on the case and, and have, you know, more calories on their plates and, and things like that. So it affects things in different ways. So, Vicki, I, I think basically what what you are telling your two doctors here and any other doctor or provider that's on the call is tell the story. Tell the story of the patient. Yes, you we, should. I, I should be able to look at those codes that the coder uh, abstracts out of the chart, and I should be able to go, okay, they've got this, 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 and this is what they came in for, and these are the surgeries that they've had, and I should be able to get a, a picture of, you know, how sick that patient was in codes uh, when I see, you know, after the coders coded a chart. That makes sense. So, Vicki, you know, a lot of the times where I get involved, uh, you know, in the CMIO role is is kind of in the process and facilitating some of that process of the CDI query. Um, can you tell us just a little bit of, of what goes into, you know, what all, who are all the actors and what, what all goes into deciding, okay, we're going to query this uh, this physician regarding a, a diagnosis. What what does that mean, and what does that process look like? 
Well, when uh, CDS decides to send a query, um, the and by the way, just just kind of every program, every CDI program is different. Um, here at Baptist, our team is made up of myself, four managers, uh, one CDI educator, one corporate CDS, and 45 CDS team members throughout the system. We are pri uh, predominantly RN-based, uh, nurse-based. Uh, we do have five team members that are RHI RHIAs or RHITs. What does um, that mean? That is basically a coder's certification. It's a registered health information management uh, type of certificate. Those are also team members that are CDS trained as well, um, but ours is predominantly RN-based uh, due to just clinic. We just believe that the clinical aspect of being a nurse helps with that. But we review the charts and the, the CDSs are trained and looking for certain criteria. Do you all review 100% of charts or, or how do you decide which charts to review? Well, right now we do review all DRG payers. Um, that's Medicare and our two biggest are Medicare and Blue Cross. So we, we do have workflows and, and the CDSs know that those are the two that we uh, review first. Then after that, we do review. There are some that are um, payers that do pay by DRG. We, we look at those as well. Plus Medicaid cases are paid by AP DRG, which is a little bit different. There's That's a severity-based um you know, uh, DRG system. So we do uh, most of those and they're assigned to different facilities. They're assigned to different floors uh, and specialties. Um, so they're looking for, sometimes they'll be requesting a new diagnosis. Um, so if they see risk factors for the condition, size or symptoms for the condition, treatment for the condition, then they will send a query for a new diagnosis query. So a lot of times, uh, and, and an example of this would be that the patient um, came in with a GI bleed and the patient's losing quite a bit of blood. Um, you know, their normal crit maybe was uh, 36 when they got there and then they had multiple uh, bloody stools and, and then they rechecked it and their, you know, hematocrit dropped to uh, 21. And so they get two units of blood. Um, and so they say that the patient has anemia. Well, anemia is okay, um, but what we want to see is better spe specification of that anemia. So we would ask for acute blood loss anemia. And by documenting those words, that will abstract to a code out of the chart that actually adds a severity of illness, risk of mortality, but also adds a comorbidity uh, and possibly uh, a higher reimbursement for that um, patient in a longer length of stay, justification why that patient's still in the hospital. And so you would send that uh, that query to the physician um, you know, through, through EPIC or, or through EHR, and they would then need to just attend their note or add it to their next note. Is, is that right? That's correct. Um, we, our vendor that we use through CDI, um, we uh, shoot those, it's a part of the medical record. So when they answer those uh, clarifications, they're actually putting it in a progress note already. And so when they document, yes, I agree that the patient does have acute blood loss anemia and I'm treating it, then it does and they sign the note, then they, it actually becomes a part of the medical record. And then we do ask that, that they put that into their problem list uh, in their discharge diagnoses at the end as well. And, and those are, and are manual queries, and those are a little bit different than um, what we're going to talk about in just a second, which is, uh, you know, the automated queries that come through. And maybe you'll tell us what CAPD means and, uh, and how we use that. Yes, yeah, CAPD is the Computer um, Assisted Physician Documentation. And really how it works, you know, on the CDI side, it helps with 
cutting back some of the CDS's um, low-hanging fruit, if you will, diagnosis that they continuously have to to uh, spe you know uh, send a query for, such as CHF specificity of uh, you know the sepsis, you know uh, organism for the sepsis, things like of that nature. And it helps the CDI to be able to. Uh, focus on, you know, trying to maybe uh, impact that DRG maybe a little bit differently. Um, from a physician standpoint, um, we are switching to a product um, that is a, a front to uh, end solution. It's more concurrent for the physician. It's a better workflow for our physicians. Uh, and that's what we've learned through a lot of uh, discussions with our physicians is that they really want something that is more in workflow and, and more timely for them uh, so they don't have to go back to it. So um, the product that we're going to be using um, is called Engage One, Arvithrium and Modal system that we already use. And so they will be, when they dictate or possibly even in type, there'll be rules that the uh, natural language processing unit that they are known for will be in process. And then if it meets certain criteria, certain rules, then it will pop up a nudge for the physician as a reminder, hey, you said CHF but you didn't specify the acuity or uh, specificity of that CHF. Um, hey, you know, you documented the patient had pneumonia. What kind of pneumonia does the patient have? Is it a gram negative pneumonia? Is it MRSA pneumonia? Is it a viral COVID pneumonia? So um, those things like that will pop up for the doctor to hopefully real time answer those into the progress note that they are currently in. So Vicki, there are two uh, obvious benefits to to having this concurrent prompt one is as i understand it historically i finished seeing the patient i've done my documentation i move on to the next patient and then at some point you're telling me i need to go back to this first patient i saw and clean up something that i put in the in the in the in the computer is that is that the current workflow i was just going to draw an analogy and we talked about this before you know the current workflow is, is very similar to if you're documenting in Word, Microsoft Word, and you save and close that document, you get a, a notification that you need to go in and clean up all these words that are spelled incorrectly. The new system is going to be more like spell check where you're writing and dictating and typing and it underlines and highlights in red um, you know, as you go along as opposed to the uh, waiting until you're done and signed and moved on. Is that is that what we're going to be moving to, Vicki? That is that is absolutely correct, and that's a great analogy. Um, and so that we're hoping that you know we'll get more engagement out of physicians and less frustration, less backing queries, less concurrent queries from our CDSs um, on those on that side as well. So we're really uh, excited about this new technology, and are hoping that the the, the physicians like it as well. So, Vic, let me ask you a question on these same lines, because I mean, this 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 has got to be a pleaser. Not nothing is more frustrating than than my interest has now moved on to my next bit of work that I need to do and and it can be a bit frustrating to have to come back to that and 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 do it all over again or in essence um so uh do you have any any information from engage one about uh, any uh, training that it incurs for example over time do you see have they seen less prompts come because conditional training is better when it's done immediately if you're telling me I'm not documenting pneumonia correct and, and I'm, I'm learning it on the spot, I would think we're going to see less queries over time through in, through this engagement product than we currently have. Just because you're training the, the, the person recording the information. 
Yeah, it's repetition. And as we know, you know, it's with training, any kind of training, repetition is always the key. So uh, with this product, you know, what what the outcomes are is that, you know, hopefully they won't see what they'll say, oh, you know, if they say the CHF, they'll, they'll remember, oh, acute systolic or acute and chronic systolic ML. It'll remind them to, to make sure that they say that so they don't get that much. So repetition is always key. And that's one thing you know, that, that, you know, we discuss with um, our physicians as we're training them is that this, you know, repetition hopefully will help them in the future not have to have those nudges on. I'm looking forward to that. You know, while we're on the topic, could you just tell us what the biggest areas of opportunity are for CDI? Um, some of the things that we, you know, that we're hoping that, you know, will, will be biggest as far as help for help things um, to our CDI program is things is, is specificity of pneumonia. Um, it's real important. The CHF um, is something that we constantly have to, to um, look at and we know it's a big quality uh, concern because uh, we know that you know um, the type of CHF is even if it's chronic uh, is a big to do now you know especially in the outpatient arena as well uh, with all the HCCs and the you know the different diagnoses that are being treated as an outpatient you know, we need to see that reflection as the inpatient as well. So uh, metabolic encephalopathy, some of the encephalopathies are, are, are one that we definitely want to make sure that, you know, we're getting specified uh, anemias. Um, if there's pancytopenia due to chemo, uh, COVID is actually another big one. Anything that uh, is COVID related, uh, that data set, we really need that data for that to go to the CDC uh, so we can learn, you know, really the epidemiology you know, background on, you know, really what is this affecting? You know, we know, we didn't know in the beginning that it was affecting coagulopathies. As we're seeing all of these things come forward, those are the things that we need the doctors to, you know, to understand uh, is that that's good documentation, you know, relating anything, um, any, any infection to a source. So if it's, you know, whether it's, you know, coagulopathy due to, to COVID or if it's, you know, um, uh, infection related, sepsis related to a gram negative bug. Those are things that we need to make sure that the physicians understand and document. I think that's a key point, Vicki, is that it's not about, it's not about me right now, this patient. And it, it can have larger implications when you start aggregating this data and you aggregate it ag accurately, then we can make bigger decisions, a grander scale, more thoughtful about how we manage gram negative, whatever, or COVID-19, um, uh, diagnosis and management. It's, I appreciate your your coagulopathy comment because that's been a big uh, issue, a big a big uh, problem associated with with this viral infection. Yeah, it's there's several things that you know. A lot of the doctors are like, well, you know, this patient, you know, we've seen you know multiple MIs now that have been happening. Um, that the patient comes in after having COVID, you know, three weeks ago and they have an MI and they do a heart cath, well, you know, they have really no significant, you know, they don't have really have significant CAD. Uh, so where is this coming from? You know, it could be embolic, you know, it could be, you know, uh, the coagulopathy once again, it's affecting, you know, these people. So those are things that, you know, it, it affects patient care. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of different discussions and a lot of different educational points, uh, I think, along the lines of CDI that we could talk about. We probably need to have you back on several more times. And I know, you know, you often put out CDI updates um, regularly. Um, and, you know, you sent me one yesterday or today. 
asking that, that you're going to be sending out. So we, we probably need to have you back on frequently to, to, you know, just talk about updates in CDI or cover some of these really, you know, I have a list of, I think, five or 10 more topics we could ask you about today, but I know we're kind of running towards the end of the podcast, but if there were, if there was one thing that you could tell the medical staff to do or, or stop doing and change right now related to CDI, what would it be? Just to take this as a help, that we're here to help that the CDI team, there's so much going on um, in the world of documentation and, and the importance of it is that we don't expect the physicians to uh, keep up with all the coding changes and all the code, you know, the 100,000 more codes that were put out a couple of years ago when we started ICD-10 you know, work with us, you know, work with, we're here for you uh, and we're available, you know, our program, uh, our team members are available, you know, to help you. That's our main focus is to help, you know, our physicians help our patients. I think that's well said and, and you talking earlier and you've told me multiple times where you often get physicians saying, oh, y'all are just trying to get me to upcode and, and oh, I hate that word. yeah, and I know you're just trying to help. Yeah, the upcode we've heard from multiple physicians <clears throat> over the years, and that's that's one of the biggest misconceptions is that you know most of our clarifications actually end up uh, really just affecting uh, severity of illness, risk of mortality, the ODE, the observed over expected, um, not necessarily reimbursement. I had a cardiologist uh, tell me one time, you know, you're just upcoding, you're just accessible. You know, you okay, so but we're justifying why your patient's still in the hospital, why you're keeping that patient an additional two days. We're also, you know, we're getting the reimbursed for, you know, the care that you're giving. And, you know, our physicians, of course, you know, the lights are staying on and, and we're paying the nurses by the, your documentation. So, um, you know, and also we want to make sure that CMS supports us. There's an actual statement that CMS put out years ago that says we do not believe there is anything inappropriate, unethical or otherwise wrong with hospitals taking full advantage of coding opportunities to maximize Medicare payments uh, that are supported by documentation and medical records. That is actually in the um, governmental rules uh, and you can find that online. So um, CMS supports that documentation. So we're, what we're doing is not is not wrong and they support it. Well said. I think, Vicki, just to wrap it up, you're, you're just trying to get us to tell the story of this patient's hospital event as accurately as we can so that we can then sort it by what I would argue is great care that we deliver. If, if, if we don't put it down, then the care that we are delivering looks very ordinary. If you're, doing, if you're putting it down on paper and you're, and you're delivering quality care, then the, what's on paper or what's in the electronic health record matches the care that you delivered. So expectations are being met and it just more properly reflects some of the great care they were rendering so put it down capture it in the ehr and and show the great work that that all of our providers are are, are doing absolutely hey vicky thank you so much I, I i've known you for many years we won't talk about how many but i really appreciate, <laughs> right. I really appreciate what you're what you're doing and 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 I uh, appreciate you taking some time out of your busy day to meet with Jake and me and and put this down on uh, a recording. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you guys. And and thank you. And I'm sure many more of you are going to get to meet Vicki Brown as we roll out this new solution across our system in the coming months. Uh, but thank everybody for listening to Right Care at Baptist. And remember, you can find the link to the CME survey in the show notes. Thank you.